Luke 11, beginning in verse 14. Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, while others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest, and finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. When the crowds were increasing, he began to say, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar, or under a basket, but on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If, then, your whole body is full of light... Having no part dark, it will be wholly bright, as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. So that sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Uh, it is a lot, so we gotta get we gotta get going. All right. Jesus has four hard truths for those who aren't sure about him. Hard truth number one. Truth number one: the kingdom of God has come upon you. We heard that as, as Joel read verses 14 through 22. I mean, Jesus says, Jesus says, the kingdom of God has come upon you. The kingdom of God has come upon you. Verse 20, if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Because here are what some people are saying about when, when he, for instance, casts out this demon that was making this man mute. So the, so the demon who is in this man making him mute, Jesus casts that demon out. The mute man spoke. He's no longer mute. The people marveled, but some of them said, uh, verse 15, he casts out demons by Beelzebul, the, the prince of demons. So Jesus is going to shut down that right away. He's going to say, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. 
That's stupid. What in the world are you thinking? You really think that Satan, that the prince of demons, is giving me power and giving me license and giving me authority to go to war against his own guys. You really think that's what's happening? You would rather believe that than believe that the kingdom of God has come upon you? What is going on right now? That makes zero sense. He says, if, if I'm casting out demons by the power of Beelzebul, what about, what about your guys who claim that they're casting out demons? Are they also doing it with the power of Satan? He says, don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. Verse 21, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. This is what's happening. There is a strong man. Satan Satan has had a lot of power in this world. He's had generations. He's had hundreds, thousands of years where he has held people captive. He has been setting up his own kingdom. He has been enslaving people. He is a strong man. But Jesus says, someone stronger has come. His name is me. Jesus says, I have come. Jesus says, I have come. And I have overcome him, Jesus says. And I've taken away his armor in which he trusted. And I'm dividing his spoil. Someone stronger than Satan has come, Jesus says. That's what's happening here. That's what's happening here. I am bringing in the kingdom of God. I am coming and I'm rescuing all of those who the Father gives me, Jesus says. I am trusting, I'm resting, rescuing all those who trust in me. I am stealing them from the kingdom of darkness. I am bringing them in to the kingdom of God. Jesus says, I have come to set up the kingdom. I've I've come to take you away from the strong man who's not as strong as I am. I've come to be your Savior and your King. Jesus says, here is the hard truth that you have to deal with. Stop saying silly things. Stop saying, oh, I think maybe he's actually working for Satan because that somehow makes sense. Stop Stop saying stupid stuff. No. Face the truth. No more excuses. No more trying to explain it away. Jesus is bringing in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has come to you. You need Jesus to be your Savior. You need Jesus to be your King. How are you going to respond? The kingdom of God has come to you. That's hard truth number one. Hard truth number two Follows, follows right on the heels of that one. Hard truth number two, you are either with Jesus or against Him. You are either with Jesus or against Him. Verse 23, whoever is not with Me is against Me, and whoever does not gather with Me scatters. And then He kind of shows us what this looks like in the next few verses. Verses 24-26, through 26, He talks about this when, when this unclean spirit has gone out of a person. It passes through waterless places seeking rest, finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. And so Jesus is talking here about some 
about some, some, some things that Satan does. That he, He's talking about a realm that we don't really understand what this looks like exactly. Jesus understands what's happening here. But the point is, no one is neutral. No one is neutral. Jesus talks about a person who's had the, a demon cast out of him. He's no longer, for a time, under the control of that evil spirit. But, but he, he's soon, though, retaken. He's soon recaptured. And why is that? Because he doesn't hear the Word of God and do it. Because Jesus is going to compare now, he's, he's going to talk about the other side for a second. Verse 27, as he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you nurse. So blessed is your mother. But he said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. The, the, ultimately, the blessed people are, are the people who hear the word of God and keep it. Jesus is saying here, there are there are, only, there are only two kinds of people. There are only two kinds of people. You are either with Jesus or you are against Him, verse 23 says. And the people who are with Him, they are the ones who by God's grace will, will hear the Word of God and do it. They have, they, because they have, because Jesus has rescued them from their sin, because they have trusted Jesus as their Savior, because they have personally believed that Jesus Christ died for them for their sins on the cross. That's what makes someone a Christian, is they, is they believe that Jesus died for their sins that they committed. That's the only way they can be in the family of God. That's the only way they can be allowed into heaven. They have trusted Jesus as their Savior. Jesus says, those who by God's grace trust Me as their Savior, they will have changed hearts. They will be the kind of people who hear the Word of God and do it. And if they're not, it, it doesn't matter if, if one demon leaves them. They're not neutral. They're not safe. The only people who are safe from sin and Satan are the people who belong to Jesus. And this is how we know that we belong to Jesus. We, we have hearts that love the Word of God. We're not perfect, but we have hearts that love the Word of God. That when we hear the Word of God, we want to keep it. We want to put it into practice. Jesus is saying to us, the Kingdom of God has come. He has come to save us. To bring us to God. And it will be clear from our lives who we belong to. There is no third team in our in our house. Um, I've talked to you before. My mom, my my mom, not my mom. Uh, my uh, my wife. My mom doesn't live with us, and my mom doesn't care about this issue as much as my wife does. My wife is all about vegetables, and we've talked about we've you and I have had this therapy session before, so I don't need to go into it again. But I appreciate your support. I appreciate you lending me your ear as I go through this difficult time. But my wife's all about vegetables. She loves them. Um, and so, she'll, so she puts green beans out there for us to eat. Couple, couple people in our family love green beans. They are team green beans. They love green beans. Love them. Love them. They're, they get excited when that's the vegetable for the evening. Uh, and they're also related to me, which is interesting. I just, I don't know, it's interesting. Um, 
Then there are people who hate green beans in our house. They hate them. They hate them. There are, there are many, many things that they would rather consume than green beans. Almost anything. And then there's a third category, like me. I'm like, eh, I, I don't care. I don't, I don't care one way or the other. If that's the vegetable that I am assigned that evening, fine. Whatever. I don't, whatever. I don't care. I eat it mostly because I don't even know. I don't know why I eat it. I just do, and it just seems to be the nicest thing to do, so I do it. I don't care. I don't hate them. I don't hate them. They don't make me nauseous. They don't, they don't make me want to rise up in revolt, but I, I don't love them either. I'm not like, I'm not excited when I see them. Like, no. I'm like, eh. So there's, there's three categories when it comes to green beans. There are not three categories when it comes to Jesus. The point here is either you, you love Jesus, you belong to Him, or you, or you don't. You either belong to Jesus or you belong to sin and Satan. There aren't, there aren't, there's not this eh category. The people who are in the eh category are in the, are in the enemies of Jesus category. They're on the wrong side. You're either with Him or you're against Him. Third hard truth. Hard truth number three. You will either be blessed or you will be judged. He says in verse 28, Blessed rather are those who hear the Word of God and keep it. Those who trust in what Jesus did on the cross to save them from their sins... Those who, those who, um, th- those who trust in Jesus to be their Savior, those who follow Jesus as their King, they will be blessed. They'll be blessed in this life with, with peace and joy and contentment. That all of this comes from knowing Jesus as Savior, knowing the grace of God, having the perspective that the truth of the Word of God gives us. There is great blessing in this life. And they are blessed eternally. They will be with God forever. They will be safe forever. They will be happy and holy in heaven with their Creator forever. There's great blessing for those who hear the Word of God and keep it. For those who belong to Jesus. And and then, though, we see in verse 29, there's great judgment for those who reject Him. There's a a great crowd increasing around Jesus. But Jesus isn't a big numbers guy. He began to say, this generation is an evil generation. It seeks for a sign. It seeks for a sign. We saw that a few uh, up up earlier in the the passage. Some people wanted a sign from Jesus. It wasn't enough. Like casting out a, a, a demon that was making a man mute. That wasn't enough. They wanted more than that seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah, he says. For as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. So the the people that heard Jonah, the people that heard Solomon, are going to rise up at the day of judgment and they're going to condemn the people who listened to Jesus, who heard Jesus. They're going to they're condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, someone greater than Solomon is here. Verse 32, the men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. 
For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Jesus far outpaces Jonah and Solomon. Jesus is far greater than Jonah and Solomon. And so the generations that heard and, and heard the word of the Lord through Jonah and through Solomon and, and repented and believed, they're going to rise up and they're going to condemn the people who heard Jesus, who is far greater. And yet they have rejected Him. They wanted more from Him. They wanted a sign. They wanted this. They wanted that. The people who refuse to believe the Gospel are going to face eternal judgment in hell. We, we, everybody is in, is one of two groups. You are either in the group that will be eternally blessed, or you are in the group that is going to be eternally judged. There's no, eh, there's no third category. There's no, no, there's not. There are two groups. And these are hard truths. These are hard truths. These are truths that will not let you just sit there and say, meh, I'm not sure. Jesus' words for us today are clear. We are born belonging to sin and Satan. We need Jesus to rescue us. We need Jesus to bring us out of this kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of God. And if we don't trust in Him, we don't turn to Him as Savior, if we don't follow Him, then we don't belong to Him. We belong to sin and Satan. And if we belong to sin and Satan, we will be judged. Now, all of this is offensive. All of this bothers the hearer. All of it does. If you, if you take a good look at Jesus in the Scriptures and you, and you look at what He says, it's offensive. It is rough around the edges. And a lot of people feel put off by Him. And that actually brings us to our final hard truth. Hard truth number four. The problem is with your eyes. The problem is with your eyes. Verses 33 through 36. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. Then Jesus says, Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright, as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. What is Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying he, He's out there. Jesus is out there and he is, he is for you to see. You can open up Scripture and you can see who Jesus is. And if you have a hard time understanding the verses that are in the Bible, you can ask someone and they can help you to kind of sort through, here's what these verses mean. It, G- Jesus is accessible to English-speaking people. Jesus is accessible. We don't have an excuse. We have no excuse. But then he says, verses 34 through 36, if your eye is bad, you won't be able to see anything clearly. What Jesus is saying to us, please listen to this. If you are offended by the truth of Scripture, please listen to this. If you're just offended by me, I, 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 I'm, there's not much we can do about that. I, 
I tried to learn manners, and that it just never took. So um, if you're offended by me, I'm really sorry, and I will try to do better, and I will fail. But if you are offended by Jesus, then please hang with me for a second here and, and hear this. All right? The, the problem isn't with Jesus. The problem is that you can't see him correctly. Your eyes are bad. Your eyes are bad. Please listen to me this morning. Please listen. Please listen. If you are offended by the truth of Scripture, please don't assume the worst about the truth of Scripture. Assume the worst about your ability to understand things. Please pray that God will give you healthy eyes to see the beauty of the Gospel. To see the necessity of the Gospel. To see how much you need Jesus and just how wonderful He is. Jesus has hard truths to say to those who aren't sure about Him. The kingdom of God has come. You are either with Jesus or you are against Him. So so you will be either blessed or you will be judged. And if that bothers you, you, we, we have to humbly admit the problem isn't with the truth. It's not with Jesus. The problem is with your eyes. And I would love to talk with you more about this. If you're not sure about the Gospel, if you have questions about what this all means, what it means to trust Jesus, I would love to talk with you more about that. And then, and then what about believers, though? What about those who are sure about Jesus? What about those who have trusted Christ as their Savior? What does this passage teach us? Uh, many things, hundreds of things probably, but we're just going to look at three really quickly. Three really quick takeaways. Number one, first, first takeaway for the believer here. Number one, don't fiddle with the truth. Don't fiddle with the truth. If someone doesn't like what the Word of God has to say, even if that someone is you, <laughs> don't assume the problem is with the truth. It's not. If you, so if you and I were going to go to the Grand Canyon, all right, I've needed... I've needed, um, or I've used, rather, uh, 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 glasses or contacts since I was like in ninth or 10th grade. I've had bad eyes ever since then. Um, and I, I used to be nearsighted, right? That's the one where you can't see far away. But now my eyes are just so bad that, I mean, I'm still nearsighted, but I, I wouldn't be able to read this if, I mean, I'm not nearsighted or farsighted. I'm no-sighted. I'm just, I'm just, my eyes are just bad. So if you take me to the Grand Canyon, I don't have my glasses or my contacts, and you say, look how beautiful it is, I'm just like, eh, eh. The problem's not with the Grand Canyon. You don't need to, like, paint it or shine a different light on it or put some curtains on it or whatever. And you don't need to downplay it either. You don't need to say, yeah, it's not that big a deal. No. You don't need to say, you need to go a different spot. You'll like it better over there. The problem's not with the Grand Canyon. Problems with my eyes. I can't see it. I can't see the beauty of it. If people can't see the beauty of the truth 
of, of, of the Gospel. If they can't see the beauty of the truth of Scripture, don't fiddle with the truth to try to get them to like it. Don't downplay the stuff that you think, yeah, they're not going to like that part. I'm going to leave that. I'm just going to, I'll, I'll let them know about that like in 10 years. Don't do that. The problem isn't with the truth. Don't fiddle with the truth. Number two, second takeaway for Christians, for believers, pray hard. Pray hard. This, this just has to be a big part of our prayer life. We must pray that God would give folks eyes to see the truth of the glory of Jesus Christ. I cannot fix people's eyes. Only God can do that. God is the one who can, who can make eyes healthy. And so we know, and we should be, we should be as, as kind and as clear and as loving and as faithful and as courageous with the Gospel as we can be. Absolutely. But we also know that, that we can do that to the best of our ability and folks are still going to be like, eh, I don't know. I don't really care about that. So, so we must, we must pray hard. We must pray hard. Let's make sure that's a big deal to us. Let's pray for the unbelievers that we know or just the people that we, we're not sure if they're Christians or not. Let's pray hard for them. And then number three, let's keep picking the right side. Let's keep picking the right side. There are only two sides. And if you belong to Jesus, it's ultimately not because you picked Him. It's because He picked you. And if you belong to Jesus, then, then every single day, He is giving you strength and grace in a hundred small ways to pick His side. To hear the Word of God and do it. So when you're, when you're tempted towards bitterness, or when you're tempted towards lust, or, or apathy, or gossip, or disobedience, or, or hatefulness, you can, by the grace of God, say, say no, that, actually that kind of stuff doesn't belong with those who belong to Jesus. That, that stuff, lust, apathy, disobedience, gossip, hatefulness, bitterness, that doesn't belong with those who belong to Jesus. Jesus was not neutral and eh, when He came and rescued me from my sinfulness. We saw the last few weeks, no, He set His face toward Jerusalem. He set His face to, to Jerusalem. He came, he came and He was determined to die for me. He was not neutral in whatever. I don't, I don't love Steve. I don't hate him. Sure, I'll do this. Whatever. He came for me. He wasn't neutral. So I'm not going to be neutral and when I go to war against my sinfulness. By God's grace, I'm going to honor my King with the way that I live. He has loved and purchased me. I'm going to live for Him. Let's pray together. God, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for all that was in this passage this morning. And it was a lot. You packed a lot in here for us. Much to think about. We thank You, God, that You are too kind to us 
to not be brutally honest. You are too kind to us to let us just keep believing whatever we want to believe. We, we thank You, God, for that grace. We thank You for that. We, we pray that You would help us to, to believe the Gospel. If there are folks here who are just not sure about Jesus, they're just like, I, I don't know, I don't know. I pray that You would help them today to see that their need for salvation, to see that they are guilty before God because of their sin. They're, they're, they're born into sin. They're born into the wrong kingdom. And they've lived for that kingdom. Pray that You'd help them see that God and, and see that can only be rescued through Jesus Christ. Help them to, to, to believe that Jesus died for them for their sins so that they can be forgiven, so that they can be brought into your family forever. Help them to see it and believe it, God. And I pray for, for those who have trusted Christ as their Savior. I pray that you would help us to have the courage to, to be kind and to be, to be patient and to be kind, but, but help us not to fiddle with the truth. Help us to not mess with it in, in trying to make it more likable. I pray, God, that You would remind us to to pray hard for those that we love, those who have not yet believed the Gospel. And I pray that You would help us in our small moments, day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour, that You would help us to pick Your side. Help us remember there's no no neutrality, there's no apathy, there's no whatever. there, There is either living for Jesus or there is or there is living against Him. Pray that You would help us to weed out all this stuff that doesn't belong with those who belong to Jesus. Please give us the grace for that. We thank You so much for Your grace to us. In Christ's name, Amen.